Acts chapter 20. And right after the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. And uh, here we go. I know we've had a little bit more announcements than usual. We'll try to kind of cut down on the message, maybe just a tad. Here we are, Acts chapter number 20. And we're going to look down in uh, one verse here. And a little of the background, of course, the book of Acts was written, humanly speaking, by Luke, who was a traveling companion with the apostle Paul. Who was Paul? If you're a new Christian, Paul was the one that hated Jesus Christ and hated Christianity. And in the early days, as an educated religious teacher, been raised in religion, but he believed wrong. You realize some people grow up believing a lie their whole life. And that was the Apostle Paul. He thought Jesus was a fake and a liar. And he ended up persecuting, stoning, killing, beheading, imprisoning Christians. And one day there was a Damascus Road experience. And God shined a light down on Paul and blinded him. Anyone that gets blinded is pretty humbled. And he heard a voice, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? By the way, anytime you're picking on another Christian, you're always picking on Jesus Christ. And he said, Paul asked two questions, who art thou? And then he answered his own question, Lord? Lord means master, the savior. So Paul, who never believed it, right there on the road, looked up, in other words, he was saying, I believe it now. Amen. It's never too late. And so then he said, what wilt thou have me to do? And it's always the who and then the do. It's not, and I'm not commercializing for Mountain Dew either. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's never the, the do. If I do enough good things, I will live with who made me. No, no, you got it all mixed up. It's who and then do. You accept Christ and you'll want to work. But just your works will not get you to heaven. You accept Christ and the motive, you will want to work. And so there's two religions in the world today. There's those that trust in their works. If you do enough good things, you earn your way to heaven. That's false religion. Christianity is D-O-N-E. It is done. On the cross, he said, it is finished. You don't have to add anything to it. It's Jesus Christ plus nothing, minus nothing. The water don't get you to heaven. The church don't get you to heaven. Offering doesn't get you to heaven. None of that. It's just Jesus. So toward the end of his life, Paul has started churches all over Europe, Asia. He is the church planter. He's been in and out of jail, persecuted. He has now been a Christian maybe 30 years at this time, 25 or 30 years. Notice this verse. Acts chapter 20, verse 24. But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself. Notice every word here. So that I might finish my course with joy. Did you see that strange word? Paul, the greatest Christian that's ever lived, written 13 books of the Bible at this time. He said that I, here's the key word, might finish. What do you mean, Paul? You're the greatest Christian that's on the planet. What do you mean? I might finish. He said, I'm not finished yet. 
I don't want to mess up. I don't want to quit. He said, I'm nearing the end of the journey. I'm getting, I think I see the, uh, 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 the, uh, uh, the ribbon. I'm just about to cross. He said, boy, I sure hope I finish. That I might finish. Isn't that amazing? Paul was not cocky. If anyone's going to finish the Christian race, it's going to be me. He said, boy, I sure hope I do. I hope I don't wipe out. I hope I don't mess up. I hope I finish. And then I'll give you one other verse. You need not turn there. Very famous. It's 2 Timothy chapter number 4. 2 Timothy chapter number 4. And the scripture says this. He says, if I can find it, here it is right here. He says, I have fought a good fight. This is six years after the other verse. I have finished my course. I love that a whole lot. Six years before, that I might finish. Six years later, I have finished. Folks, the hardest two things in life to do is begin something and finish something. God never called you to begin the Christian life. He called you to begin and finish the Christian life. And so the message I know will, will be for all of us today And I'll quote one more in Galatians 6, verse 9, he says, Be not weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap, here's the condition, if we faint not. The word faint means quit. If If we don't quit, we'll make it and we'll finish. The Lord is coming soon. I texted someone this week. I said, the Lord is coming soon. Always too soon to quit. You can do this. I believe in you. Hang in there. Finish your race. We all need to hear that from time to time. Let's pray. If you have a cell phone, if you'd be so kind to put it up at this time. And if you're sitting next to someone that wants to whisper, maybe move over some. Hope you'll just give the Lord your undivided attention during the message We've got all the air units on. This is as cool as it's getting. And so there it is. So uh, please, please help us. Give us about 20 minutes. I'll try to speak as uh, quick as I can. Heavenly Father, bless now the reading of thy word. Thank you for this great story, the life that backs these scriptures. Thank you for giving us a written copy of God's word. I pray you'd help us think of our lives. and Kind of feel like no one's in the room but just you and You're listening to what God would say to you today. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. His name is Admiral William McRaven. He was for many years the leader of what we would call the Navy SEALs. In the olden days, they called them the frogmen. They were the elite Navy warriors. They were specialists in detonation, ships, sea rescues, Dangerous missions, rescue and captured Americans, parachuting out of helicopters and planes, jumping out of buildings, scuba diving, operating small submarines. They took out bin Laden. They used two helicopters, a fuel helicopter, an Arabic speaker to deal with the neighbors and 30 soldiers. 9-11's tomorrow. This is not just a political message, though it would relate. 
The training in Navy SEAL school takes nine months. Included toward the end is one week they call Hell Week to weed out the weak soldiers. Five days of very little sleep, little rest, little food, high alert. And they were told at any time, if they liked, they could quit at any time during this hell week. There was a quitter's bus on the base. All they had to do was ring the bell. No questions were asked. They would take off their helmet, get on the bus. They'd never see the other soldiers again. No embarrassment. They were done. They tried. It all started, McRaven said, that Monday morning. They're all asleep in the barracks. About five in the morning, the door is kicked in. Simulated hand grenades are going off in the dorm. Submachine guns with blanks are shooting in the dorms. Tear gas is being thrown in the dorms. It's high alert. The leaders are saying, line up outside, line up outside. There, there are loud explosions, tears coming out of the soldiers' eyes as they rush outside in the middle of the night. There's the beach right there. There's the ocean. And they said, attention, As they stood at attention, they started hosing them down with ice-cold water, then telling them, roll in the sand, roll in the sand. Uh, look like a sugar cookie, roll in the sand. Jump up, jump in the ocean, tread water. And then at that time, the instructor would stand on the beach with a nice warm fire and say, I'd I need five quitters. I need five men to ring the bell. Hey, we're just five minutes into this. You know you're not going to make five days. You might as well quit now. Here's the bell. Come ring the bell. Where are you? Two men swam to the shore, picked up the bell. First five minutes. They headed toward the bus. Come on, I need two more. I need two more. Uh, you know you're not going to make it. And it was like that for five days. Carrying 300-pound logs, five-mile runs, picking up the raft as a team, six men to a team, uh, bringing it out, going up, up and down, high waves, uh, treading water, uh, coming back, uh, physical exercise. It was constant five days. I want to speak this morning on this subject. Don't ring the bell. Don't ring the bell. In Scripture, the Bible says, being armed and carrying swords, they turned back, Ephraim, in the day of battle. They rang the bell. John Mark, when he was on the missionary journey, it said he went not with them to the work of the ministry. He rang the bell. Demas, the Bible says, and Demas hath forsaken me. Having loved this present evil world. What happened to Demas? He could have been a Timothy or a Titus, but he, he rang the bell. Job's wife lost ten kids. Her husband lost ten kids. She looked at him and said, Why don't you curse God and die? Job, ring the bell. Uh, the disciples in Gethsemane, Jesus gets arrested. They all forsake him and flee. They ring the bell. Simon Peter, I've never met him. I don't know him. He lied and he cussed and he quit. They rang the bell. I'm done. I quit. No more. I'm finished. 
When you quit, someone else quits. John 21, Simon Peter said, I go a fishing. He was not recreational fishing. He was saying, I used to fish for a living. I tried the ministry three years, but obviously I'm not good at it. I failed. I'm going back to business. I'm leaving Jesus. I'm going back. And when he said, I go a fishing, six others said, we also go with thee. Be careful what you say around other people. Little ears are hearing. Little eyes are seeing. You're influencing somebody. Years ago, I was in the airport and I got a cell phone call. It was a kid going to Bible college. His first week of college. He felt like he was going to be in the ministry. He said, Pastor Ray, can I ask you a question? I said, sure. He said, is it worth it to serve God? I'm thinking, that's a loaded question. What am I supposed to say? I'm a pastor. No, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> I hate it. I've hated it for years. <laughs> I said, sure it's worth serving the Lord. I said, why? I said, why do you ask? He said, well, I hate Bible college and I hate the rules. I don't want to go here four years and then be miserable. I said, why did you call me in the first place? He said, it looks like you have more fun than anybody I know. And I said, you're right about that. Don't ring the bell. By the way, he didn't last a semester. He rang the bell. He's out of church, doesn't serve God, never goes to church anymore. I want to say this. It's worth it. It's worth it now. It's worth it later. We sing that song, it will be worth it all. It, hey, it's not only will be, it is right now. Now, you will get through this. It won't be easy. It won't be short, but it will be worth it. You've got to believe the pain is worth the, uh, the future pleasant reward. Oh, Larry Brown pastored a church 35 years in a little small town in Washington, Iowa, a town of just several thousands. He stayed 35 years, an aggressive soul winner, big, uh, large bus ministry. He said, you know how I stayed 35 years? I said, no, sir. He said, I survived the quitting place. In every area of life, in every relationship, there's quitting places. You get to a place and you say, man, I just want to quit. We're, we've all been there. But you've got to survive the quitting places in marriage, in Christian service, in ministry, in relationships. you just got to continue. Keep going when you're weary and tired, when employed and unemployed, when the best years are behind you, when it seems the left is winning, and the candidate you vote for never gets elected. Don't ring the bell. When you face a hard subject in school, when you're rejected or left out, when you're lonely, confused, discouraged, distraught, when your kids embarrass you. No, no, let me back up. If your, no, when your kids embarrass you, when you're betrayed, don't ring the bell. When you're gossiped about and your name is slandered, when you can't get back to the mission field, when you're battling health issues for a long time, don't ring the bell. When you're required to wear a mask, even when it's not Halloween, don't ring the bell. When others have changed direction, when death claims those dearest to you, when income is low and debt is high, don't ring the bell. Hey, David, they've kidnapped your family. David, you're... Your 400 buddies, your mighty men have picked up stones. They're talking about stoning you. Don't ring the bell. Job, you've buried your kids. Your wife is upset at you. You now have a disease. You've served God your whole life. What are you going to say? 
Here's what he says. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. That's what Job said. He didn't ring the bell. Joseph, you've been kidnapped. What do you have to say? You're going to ring the bell? No, i got something to say. Ye thought to do me evil, but God meant it for good. Hey, Daniel, what are you going to do? You've been brought to Babylon. They've changed your name. They've uh, they've changed your lifestyle. Uh, What are you going to say? Well, I'm going to purpose in my heart that I will not defile myself. Hey, you apostles, you've been beaten for the name of Jesus and they've commanded you to be quiet. What are you going to do? We're going to count ourselves worthy that we could suffer shame for his name. I'm just trying to say, don't ring the bell. Don't ring the bell. Don't pick it up. Don't ring the bell. Don't entertain it. Elisha, you're going in a cave. You're misunderstood. You feel like you're the only one serving God. Hey, don't ring the bell. Moses, they want to stone you. You never even uh, uh, signed up for the job and you're leading a million people. They want to kill you. Don't ring the bell. Hey, uh, Jesus, you're carrying a cross up to Calvary. It's not even your cross. You've never sinned. And now they're nailing you to the cross and the mob is using their vocal cards for the devil's words. What was Satan saying? Ring the bell. Just ring the bell. And you can come up, ring the bell. Thank God our Savior never rang the bell. He didn't come down. He stayed on the cross. He finished. He paid. George Washington, thank you, sir, for making it through Valley Forge and praying in the snow when your soldiers looked at you and said, we'll be fine because we saw General Washington kneeling and praying in the snow to God a few minutes ago. Thank God Lincoln didn't ring the bell or we'd have had a messed up nation, more messed up than we are right now. The weight of the nation was upon his shoulders and he didn't ring the bell. Brother Treber years ago got a letter. I was sitting in a car with him. He just handed it to me. I didn't know the person. And uh, here's basically what it said. Dear Pastor, our daughter is with child out of wedlock. Our son is back on drugs. We will not be back at church. We're too ashamed. We cannot face the people. You'll always be our pastor. We'll keep sending our tithe check. We just won't be back. Let me say to that person, if that's someone like you are, don't ring the bell. Hey, there's more to come. God's got a big plan for your life. Don't let a season of discouragement take you out. Glad our military didn't ring the bell. I'm glad I had a pastor when I was a kid when my dad got arrested. Some of the men in the church found out about it. He was all over the newspaper. They said, we need to kick Tom Ray out of the church. We don't think he's the right kind of member to have at this church. And the pastor said, I'm not going to ring the bell. In fact, if I'd have known, I'd have rung there. But uh, anyway, but he said, he, he said, he, he said no, it just, it just hang on a little while. I'm glad we've had church members through COVID that did not ring the bell. Thank God for you. I just want to say thank God for you in this pew that went through the three years of 
hey, well, we're watching online. And now we're in the kitchen. And now we're on the couch. And we're in our pajamas. Amen, pastor. And texting amen. I hated all that. That you may have thought, hey, this is fun. It wasn't fun for me. You preach to an empty auditorium sometime. All right, sound booth guy, turn it on. Here we The Bible says. That's hard. I'm wondering, is anybody listening but me? I almost got right with the Lord one time. <laughs> Thank God for faithful church members, our senior citizens who just kept praying for the pastor and keeping supporting the work and helping keep the bus ministry going and keeping our missionaries on the field and young people that just kind of hung out that we couldn't do anything during that time. You just didn't ring the bell. Glad I had a mother that did not ring the bell. Glad when my dad's days were wayward and crazy, she just, every church service, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. It's a, it's a good TV show on. She said, get in the car, it's time for church. Mom just didn't ring the bell. 57 years, same church, 57 years, a member, a faithful, uh, encouraging member. She didn't ring the bell. Say, Pastor, why do people ring the bell? Why do they do that? Give some reasons so we can safeguard ourselves. Number one, separation. So what do you mean? We become disconnected. That's why COVID kicked our nation in the teeth. Not just politically. I'm talking about church-wise. The Bible says, Hebrews, here's a command, 10, 25. And I'm just saying this for an advance. Who knows where they're going to take us next. It says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, those who don't assemble, but so much the more as ye see the day, the rapture coming and exhorting one another. What happens? When we assemble, when you got the bell in your hand, you look around and say, well, if Miss Brown's not throwing in the, ringing the bell, I'm not. If Brother Bob Stevenson's not ringing the bell... I, Man, I don't think I am. Hey, Brother Steve's not going to ring the bell. Maybe I can hang on a little longer. When you come to church, you see others and you are encouraged. We well, say, well, I don't need church. I, I, I just don't see the importance. And guess what? Your job is to show up and encourage others. It ought to be by your life, just you being here. You're encouraging the pastor. You're encouraging the choir. You're encouraging the youth. You're encouraging the elderly. You're encouraging the lost. They come in and say, hey, it must really be something going on. Look at the crowd here. The parking lot's full. You encourage. Why do people ring the bell? They become disconnected. When the Navy SEALs jumped in the water and they were treading water, guess what they did? They locked arms. They were treading water. They locked arms. And there's a drill sergeant. Come on out. I need some quitters. Come on out. I need someone to ring the bell. They were connected. Even the Lone Ranger had Tonto. <laughs> Only the old people even snicker at that anymore. I'm sorry. In Colombia, they had someone do bungee cord jumping. How many of you have ever seen someone in person do that? Slip your hand up. All right. I'm not going to ask who's ever done it because we do have guards at the door. They're bringing you to Napa State Hospital. <laughs> you are nuts if you've ever bungee cord jumped. You are out of your mind. <laughs> so I did it, Pastor. It figures. I'm not shocked. 
So here's a man and woman. They got on the bridge, 900 foot jump. He, 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 uh, uh, they tied his foot up. He jumped. It was a lot of fun. She got tied up, jumped, fell all the way into the river and drowned. They didn't connect the cord to anything. They forgot to connect the cord. They tied it to her foot. They didn't tie it to anything else. You better tie yourself to the Bible. Tie yourself to your Savior. Tie yourself to the cross. Tie yourself to the local church. Tie yourself to some godly Christians. How come? When you start to go over, there's someone to help you back up. Number two, why do sometimes we ring the bell? Saints. Saints. Sometimes it's separation. Sometimes it's saints. Galatians 3.1, the Bible said, Paul says, he started this church in Galatia. And he taught them, you get saved by grace through faith. It's through Jesus, not works. He left that church alone for a while. Soon they thought they had to earn their way to heaven. Works. And he said, who hath bewitched you that you would believe this? Let them be accursed. See, it's never what happened to you. It's always who happened to you. It was a person. You find anyone that used to be red hot for God, who got them out of church? Who poured water on their fire? It was either a who down there or a who out here or a who out there or a who on the internet or who in a book or who in some music. See, folks, we don't get in the race for anybody. We don't get out of the race for anybody. Because they're not going to be standing next to you when you see Jesus for the first time. It'll just be you and Jesus. You can say all you want to. Well, there's a hypocrite. Well, I met someone who sinned. By the way, I've met a bunch of people who sinned this morning. You and me too. We're all sinners. Well, I'm so disappointed in so-and-so. I bet they're pretty disappointed in you. How about that? We're even. Who hath bewitched you? Who made you miss church? Who got you away from soul winning? Who got you out of the ministry? Who was it? Was it a friend? Was it the opposite gender? Was it someone at work? Was it a neighbor? Was it a relative? Was it someone you met on the internet? Who was it? Be careful. Don't ring the bell. Number next, sometimes it's silver. All these start with the letter S, silver. You say, what do you mean? God says you cannot serve God and mammon. Solomon said this, the, the wisest, richest man in the world. He said, I just want to be middle class. He said, I don't want to be wealthy, but I don't want to be dirt poor. I like to be middle class. Now, here it is. Sometimes, and I'm almost done, I know where I'm going. Sometimes you're going to go through a valley where you're going to, man, we don't have money to make it. How are we going to pay the bill? They're going to repossess our satellite dish. Our fourth car, they're going to come get it. They're going to take our motor home. You're really going through it. Sometimes those days are good for you. You know when you're praying, then? What are we going to do? We lost a job. We got laid off. You're going to get to know the Lord in a way you never knew Him before. 
It's not the valleys I worry about. When you're going through the valleys, you're going to make it. People will pray for you. People will encourage you. Guess when the pastor gets worried? When you're on the mountaintop. Pastor, someone gave us a house. Oh, no. Pastor, we got an inheritance. You know how much is coming our way. Oh, no. You know why? We're probably never going to see you again. I could call the role of people that's come into fast money and big money and they're no longer in this church anymore. How come? They bought a bunch of toys and the toys kept them out of church on the weekend and pretty soon they had to be here and be here and be here and they couldn't uh, uh, take on responsibility because they couldn't always be here and, and that all these things. And I'm not against you having fun. I'm not against you having some retirement. I'm not against you having some vacation. But I'm saying at the end, if it pulls you out of church, you got problems. Okay, thank you. One, two, eight minutes. Amen. I like that. And one's a new guy, so that's, that's real good. And then I want to say the last S. You ready? Circumstances. <laughs> hey, I went to Louisiana school. Used to, I couldn't spell graduate. Now I are one. Hey, how you like that? Alligator, alligator, crocodile car. We're not as dumb as you think we is. So, you know, we have all these poems from Louisiana and all this stuff. Circumstances. Sometimes we want to ring the bell because of some stuff that's going on. Before we had this new building, we had a building banquet. I don't tell this story much. It makes me cry. <laughs> when an architect dropped the plan, that two-story building, we're getting ready. We need a building. We bring in a guest speaker. We rent a building down the street. We cater in the food. 6000 bucks for the rental, the speaker, the money for the meal. We decorate. For two months, we had people give testimonies. Here's what we're going to give. We believe in this building. Here's what we're going to give. We passed the plate that night. What can you give tonight? What can you give in the next 30 days to get this building built? Here's what we got in the plate. A used car pink slip. A boat that didn't run, hadn't been in the water in five years, pink slip. And $6,000. We made enough money to pay for the meal. <laughs> Brother Treber called me the next day. How'd the banquet go? How much did you raise? I said six. He said, that's not bad, 600000 Good. Man, don't be embarrassed about that. I said, I didn't say 600,000. I said six. He said, what do you mean six? I said 6,000. I said, Brother Treber, we, pay, we made enough to pay for the meal. <laughs> that night, I had the bell in my hand. Oh, Lord, we'll never build that building. <laughs> but thank God, no one rang the bell and we said, we'll get through this. We'll give, we'll borrow, we'll see what we can do. And we got the building. Sometimes it's circumstances. Henry Knott, missionary to Tahiti, labored there 22 years before he had his first convert. But he didn't ring the bell. He didn't ring the bell. Last, I want to say this, encourage others. You say, well, I don't have any problem. I'm not 
thinking about ringing the bell. And I'll back up here for a second before we pass. There's sometimes people's problems build up, build up, build up. And they consider ringing the bell permanently. Let me just say this. Life is worth living. You'll get through this. Someone has been through the same thing you're facing and made it. There's light at the end of the tunnel. God's got a plan for you. No matter how messy it looks, God can untangle the strands. He can untie the knots. Yes, you can face it. You'll get through this. We don't ring the bell. We don't ring the bell. Young people, we don't ring the bell. We don't ring the bell because we messed up something on TikTok or met someone and got really embarrassed. No, we don't ring the bell. Something evil's happened to you, we don't ring the bell. There's life after the trial. Someone said, flatter me, I may not believe you. Criticize me, I may not like you. Ignore me, I may not forgive you. Encourage me, and I will not forget you. Better to run to God with your problems than to run away from God without your problems. I'll close with this one little story. And I love the little story. With a pastor here years ago. Pastor, friend, someone I know. Some of you would know the person. Some of you wouldn't. They were trying to get their church going. Just couldn't get it going. They'd get a little bit of crowd. Then they'd leave. They'd get mad. They'd come. They... Uh, couldn't keep a permanent building. He was so discouraged. One day someone called him. Uh, their church had a landline phone. And they just said, just want you to know, Pastor, I'm never coming back to your church. I don't like how you preach. And he just kind of snapped. He pulled the phone out of the wall, the church phone, the pastor, and beat the phone up. I'm surprised he didn't go into you know, mixed martial arts or something after that. He started crying and could not stop crying. Probably was having a nervous breakdown. Crawled under his desk, sobbing, just asking God to help him. Decided, I'm just going to go out in the woods, take my Bible and just walk and pray. He did till he got tired. Then he sat down under a tree as he sat in a red ant bed. An ant started crawling all over him and biting him. We were going to head to a conference. He was going to come with me somewhere. We were getting on a plane that week. He was real quiet. You know how men are. When we got problems, we go into a cave. We get real quiet. We don't talk. He was real quiet on the plane. I saw him reading something. I looked over and said, what are you reading? As tears were streaming down his face. He handed me a little note. It looked like it was written by a child. Dear brother, and it had his name. I love you so much. You're my hero. Love, faith. It's my daughter wrote that. And it had a $5 bill in it. That was 35 years ago. A $5 bill from a little five-year-old kid. He looked at me with tears and he said, if a little kid thinks I'm something, I guess I can hang in there a little bit longer. If you knew his name, you would be shocked. A five-year-old kid kept a man of God in the ministry. Amen. You'll never know what a kind text, what a sweet note, what a little money, what a pat on the back, 
what an encouraging word means. You'll never know. I'll throw this in. Boy in eighth grade was leaving school one day, had all these books. He's halfway down the sidewalk when he stumbled and all his books went everywhere. One of his classmates saw him and helped him pick the books up. He goes, man, you got a lot of books. He said, by the way, it looked like you had a tough day. Why don't you come over to my house? Well, watch a TV show and drink a soda. He said, okay. Years passed. That was eighth grade. On senior night, graduation night, they were not real tight, but the one who had dropped all the books came up to the guy that helped him pick them up. And he said, hey man, you remember in eighth grade when I was walking home and dropped all those books and you helped me pick them up and you know, I went to your house. And he said, yeah, I remember. He said, you didn't save my day. You saved my life. Amen. I felt like such a failure. And things were not going well in my life. All those books, I'd cleaned out my locker. I was going home to end my life. And you helped pick up my books. Invited me over to sit down and just talk and cut up a little bit. Thanks for saving my life. I traveled down a lonely road and no one seemed to care. The burden on my weary pack had bowed me to despair. I often complained to Jesus how folks were treating me. And then I heard him say so tenderly, My feet were all so weary upon the Calvary road. The cross became so heavy, I fell beneath the load. Be faithful, weary pilgrim, the morning I can see. Just lift your cross and follow close to me. I worked so hard for Jesus, I often boast and say, I've sacrificed a lot of things to walk the narrow way. Get this next line. I gave up fame and fortune. I'm worth a lot to thee. And then I hear him say so tenderly, I left the throne of glory and counted it but loss. My hands were nailed in anger upon a cruel cross. But now we'll take our journey with your hands safe in mind. So lift your cross and follow close to me. Don't ring the bell. Don't ring the bell. Teenager, don't ring the bell. Young couple, 
don't ring the bell. Single parent, don't ring the bell. Person in recovery, got so many days clean, don't ring the bell. College student, don't ring the bell. Bible college student, don't ring the bell. Preacher boy, don't ring the bell. Uh, 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 single, single again, don't ring the bell. And you'll be glad that you didn't. Because one day you'll graduate and they'll pin a pin on you up in heaven and say, Father, this is one that didn't ring the bell. <laughs> 